was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're talking about what well, we're reacting to Netflix Suits and the latest Jay Z interview. How I was a victim of FOMO because of an app that's not really talked about. We go from idea to monetization. This blueprint is inspired by one of our favorite authors, Daniel Priestley. And of course, the question of the week, Moose, how we feel about this episode? Super excited about this. We're talking about one of my favorite concepts, how to develop a complete product ecosystem. Make sure you check this one out. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only allows you to stream on multiple platforms like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all at the same time or just individually, it's also amazing for pre-recorded videos, such like this, a podcast, such like a course or anything or it's any type of content you want to create. It's amazing for your Zooms and Google meetings. Ecamm is everything. And we're giving away 14 days for free on us if you go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm and we'll give you the 14 days on us. Hello. Moose, how are we feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I took uh, I took a break from the business learnings and all of that this week, and I jumped back into the Netflix vibe. You know, we, mm-hmm. it was a couple last weeks. I've been business heavy, so I said, "No, nah, let me let me let me take some time off and still enjoy my evening." So, uh, you, you've probably seen it trending for a while. Ever heard of the show Suits? I I've heard of it. I have not, I, and I've seen clips. I have not seen what yeah. it is. So funny enough, I got hooked on Suits, I think in 2021, and Mm. it was on Amazon Prime at the time, probably watched like four seasons. I was just all into it. And then I see it on Netflix and I'm trying to avoid it because I don't want to, similar to, you know, you know, I said like, we don't want to go into shows that have a lot of seasons because we don't want to go into that rabbit hole. I fell into it though. I was, I I did good for a couple months, but then eventually I just gave in because it kept showing up as top shows. I said, all right, let me pick up from a later season. And honestly, I jumped in and it didn't take but one episode to be reminded of one of the biggest takeaways that I learned from watching the show. And without spoiling too much about what the show is about, for me, the thing that always stands out is how much these people work on managing their emotions when it comes to navigating in a very competitive marketplace uh, uh, you know, such as the law firm in New York, et cetera, et cetera. But that's the big thing that I've taken. And, and I realized that we in business, especially a lot of us that come from black and brown communities, man, that's such a big hurdle for us in the beginning of our business careers to learn how to manage our emotions in the scope of a professional or business setting. That the minute you finally conquer that battle, you really have... Uh, you don't you don't experience not nearly as much stress. You don't feel as much worry or anxiety that you might experience when you're thinking about, well, what what about this and what and all of these different things that just are based in emotions. So that was the big thing I took away from that man. I just I literally I took I I watched one episode. I didn't even go anything further. I said, oh, I know exactly what this is. I, thank you for the reminder. I think I'm doing a pretty good job of that right now. But uh, but it's good, man. Y'all should check it out. Definitely. When you want to see how people can manage their emotions in a very competitive environment and really play the long game for the benefit of themselves and, of course, the firms that they're a part of, a great show to check out for that. 
a great show. I said show. A great show. Show. <laughs> a great show to check out for that. Come on, mini Dominican. Come on. <laughs> great. It's a great good show. show. Yeah. A great show. Great I ain't show. mad at that. Um, okay. So you know we gotta talk about the Jay-Z interview. Mm-hmm. All right. We yep. got we gotta talk about I was I was I was kind of going back and forth, like, do we talk about it, do we not? And I was like, yeah, we do. There's a few things I want to talk about, but the first thing I want our reaction on the Jay-Z interview. Shout out to to Gail. She did an amazing, like, amazing job of just, like, understanding the culture, but, you know, still making it for the masses. Because what was crazy, I don't know if you watched so there was two parts, right? There's two parts. And at the end, of course, whoever she was working with was like, this is the best Jay-Z interview. I've seen them all. Mm. Right? Let's start yeah. here. Uh, could it be the best interview for the world as far as the masses, all different types of cultures, all different ethnicities looking at it? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Is it the best Jay-Z interview? I'm going to have to give that to Rap Radar. I don't know. I was going to say, some of the ones he's done on title have been really Right. Fire. Elliot and B-Dot, like, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so, for what it was, it was still an amazing interview. Um, this is not really to kind of downplay what Gail did. Like I said, she did amazing, the tour, everything. Now, for me, one of the things that stood, well, a few things that stood out, uh, when he talked about his masters, that was one of the things that really stood out to me because the reason behind of ownership for him, it wasn't necessarily a money situation. It was more, and not even a legacy situation it was more yo you don't understand the struggle i had to go through in order to get my masters back and telling that journey from being independent going to def jam coming back as the president and and figuring out how to get all his masters back to where nah, i wouldn't sell it just because of the struggle right and we, we get you know caught up in how these artists are selling their masters at this moment for millions and millions of dollars. I yep. mean, I think what 400, like Justin Bieber had a crazy deal. A lot of these people are selling it and that's no knock to them, but to hear him saying, nah, mom, if my kids want to, that's on them. But for me, I'm keeping it because of the struggle that I had to go through. So that was one of the things that really, popped out to me to the creative process, right? How he was given a notebook, but when he was outside, he didn't have his notebook. So he would just put his ideas on brown paper bags and put it in his pocket. And, and so it got to the point where he was losing them and he had to remember his raps. So when people hear him like, yo, you don't write your raps no more you know, one take hove. It was because of the environment he was given, like the resources he had. He didn't have resources. Like I bet if he was growing up in this day and age with the phone always in his pocket or in his hand, maybe he wouldn't remember his raps. Maybe he wouldn't be the one take hove. But the fact that the resources were limited, it created this vibe for him of always trying to remember his rap. So I thought that was really interesting to hear. Um, But overall that those two really, really popped out to me. And then of course, like his, his uh, intentions of still wanting to create music, but it has to like, it has to make sense. Like the, the intent of, always having something to say with purpose, not just for 
what's trending, not just for to stay relevant. It's more of he understands his platform. And so when he speaks, it has to be for meaning. And so that all of the, the interview was really dope. Now, here's my question. Was it too overhyped? It was too short for what mm. what was expected. That stood that, out. I was like, because I, I haven't checked out the second half yet, but I figured if the first half was only 10 minutes, then of course the whole thing is a 20-minute segment. You know, so that that's one thing that stood out. I said, where where's the rest of this interview? This is like a podcast segment. <laughs> where's the rest of it? So I will that's say that. But but the that's that's the main thing that really jumped out at me, next. But I think similar to you, I thought it was a a really great job of interviewing him to introduce him to, I don't, I don't know that he needs any more introduction to wider audiences, but on a, a mainstream uh, standpoint, it, it made sense the way they, they positioned the dialogue and how they went through it and really gave you a quick background without having to jump into the exact details of what exactly happened. I'm, I'm curious about the timing because clearly that was done I'm assuming before early on in the exhibit. Right. Um, because I do remember her saying that they had honored him and his mom. And I remembered that uh, gala. And that was like in, when it was first opened. So I'm curious why now and not before. Yeah. And maybe is it because. I do believe it's supposed to be closing in October. Mm. Do you know? It was like a when, last, last call. Right. I, like I, I know we text about this. I think you might have said November even, not, not just October. So maybe there's a little bit of time left, but I'm sure that that timeline is coming up where it's due to close soon. Like it's run its course because it, it started in August, I believe. Yep. So three months a three-month activation sounds about right we're sometime De in november december 4th okay. december 4th um what would i what i wish i knew so this this is the cool part so they said that uh you know signups for the library clearly went up clearly mm -hmm. but they had collection uh cards Collectible card. I, saw I wish that. I'd known that. When I was there, I, I would have signed that. up. Yeah, I saw that. That's cool. I wish I would have known that. That's cool. I'm not. Wait, look. So, like, so hold on. Actually, reading. Do I need a library card to enter? A library card is not required to en enter. However, we are proud to partner with Rock Nation to create a set of limited edition library cards to accompany the exhibit. Learn more about. Uh, the, the library cards here on the website. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to want that. I'm going to want that. I'm probably going to have to go back because it was a really good exhibit. It. So, it, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you go yet? I haven't yet. I haven't. I haven't been in Brooklyn in, in ages, actually. Yeah. But, uh, you would really like it. No, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I got to make my way down there for sure. All right. Well, if y'all didn't check out uh, the Jay-Z interview, go check that. I think it was, what, let me find out the, was it Good Morning? Good Morning America? I'm trying to see what. I thought it was CBS. Is it CBS? I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm about to find out. CBS Morning. That's the, the YouTube is. channel that you can get it on. CBS Morning. So go check it. It's two parts. Really dope. I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about this new addiction that I have. And I, I think I told you uh -oh. a little bit about it. Right? Yeah. Uh, how many of y'all are aware or have, or have the app called Network? And the, it's spelled N-T-W-K, I believe. I believe. N-T-W, oh, N-T-W-R-K. Blue, right? Um... First off, I didn't know really nothing. I, I've been on this app probably for over a year, right? And I've realized that I've spent money on the most random art things in the world, hmm. okay? 
So first, this is a app that will that has really dope art collectibles, sneakers, clothing, uh, trading cards, and you could do a buy now situation, or they have an auction, uh, an auction standpoint, right? And so all these different brands are getting on there, like especially for sneaker resellers and uh, collectible resellers, they're jumping on there, having their own show, having their own pretty much shop on this platform. And it's grown a lot. Like I've, I've got my, uh, there was this Disney or Pixar artist that drew Kanye, uh, J. Cole, and, oh, I have one more. Why can't, and Drake. I have those three pictures, right? Didn't know I needed them. But all of a sudden, I have pictures of these three individuals in a cartoon style. Really fire, right? So lately, here, here's the, lately, I've been caught up on these auctions, okay? These $1 yeah. auctions, now, found out I like bare bricks, right? For those people who are seeing me in full, there's like a three-foot bare brick behind me. You can't really see because it's really small right now, but it's a Pac-Man one. It's really dope. Isaiah may put it on the screen. But in these auctions, right, it makes you feel, it has a low entry barrier, like, like $1, and you can possibly win a thousand percent bare brick or a four thousand percent four hundred percent bare brick. Now, for those people who don't know what bare bricks, these are these like small little bears that have different designs. So the first show I, I did, I'm spending like seven here, ten here, thirteen here, right? And got these little cute little funkos and bare bricks. It was cute. The second show that I went to, I thought it was going to be the same thing, right? So they do this gumball situation. You you enter the, the auction. They tell you what you win. So I got busy. I, this is where you need to pay attention. I got busy and I auctioned, like I won some auctions, seven here, 10 here, whatever. And then I left the show. But I got the notification, your stuff got delivered. So I'm thinking it's going to be the same things. Oh, bare bricks, salting, like little small joints. Great, right? Come to find out, I got a whole bunch of the shoe creasers. Like the shoe protectors. That's funny. A whole bunch of them. How much? How much a bunch? <laughs> I want to say like five. Wow. And I spent, I remember, it wasn't that much, it, crazy. It wasn't crazy. It was like 12 here, but the 12 for some creasers is a lot. It is. It was, I opened the package. I was like, what in the world? Okay, I need to really stop. I really, I really need to stop, right? Mm -hmm. Stop, stop doing things like this. Cool. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop. But then the curiosity of, but I really want to know more about bear bricks. I really, I really want to know what this is about. Why is there a bear brick that's $23,000, right? What, what, what's, that, that's how I am, right? So I said, nah, I'm, I'm going to get off this app for a little bit. I just got pointless shoe protector creasers getting off this app. And two things happened. One, I got an email from... Uh, OVO saying, Hey, we have an OVO bear brick. Mm. Right? So here is this is why we talk about FOMO. Why we talk about FOMO? Because I am a victim of FOMO. Okay. I'm a victim. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you why. Yeah. So this bear brick was gold with just the OVO with the, the owl on it. Wasn't anything crazy. Like I like designs and everything like that. Nothing crazy. The one that I got is about 
300. The one that Drake was selling was 600. I couldn't do it, right? The 400, the 400%, the one that I have kind of in the back that size, was 300 some dollars. I said, no, I'm not. I'm getting off mm. this app and I'm getting off Bear Bricks for a little bit. I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm hurt. Yeah. Right? I showed my girl. I showed Aaron. See, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. Check later. Sold out. Crushed. Uh-huh. Crushed. Uh-huh. I said, I should have gotten Could've it. Could have been me. I should, right? I should have gotten it. I should have gotten it. Could have been so, me. Yeah. So now, right? I'm like, here's where network comes in, right? Coming to the rescue. I have a Wu-Tang collection bear brick, okay? Little Mm -hmm. ninja kind of vibes. Got it for you. I didn't need to spend that money. I didn't need to. Now, it wasn't as much as Drake, praise God. But I didn't need to. But because they took advantage of me being a victim, of the FOMO. Now, here they are with their notifications. Here you go. Got some for you. It's open. It's live yeah. now. It's live now. So here I am like, <laughs> I don't want to miss out on anything else again. Buy it. Dang. Two Dang. days later, I could still buy it. Mm. So, um, I say all that because one, uh, Network has created a FOMO culture. Like if you download that app, expect to buy something you didn't think you needed to buy. Expect to buy something that you believe that is hyped up that is probably not really hyped up, right? And, but what's cool about it, it, it especially as we can cons- like consume certain things to be producers, This got me thinking about how do I create a buying environment that one, makes it fun, two, makes people feel like they're missing out, but three, what was cool about these shows is like they would auction probably like 50 things, like 50 slots. And so for you to see what you won, you have to wait all the way to the end. So let's say you got number 10 out of 50. So you're going to feel like you're going to want to win a few more. You're going to want to like, okay, but it's, it's like, I'm already here. Like Mm. it only ups my chances for the flash sales for the instant wins. And, and so I got to give network that, that credit of, I see what you created. I, I like that you created a, platform for resellers to have a space to have people who do art to have a space but for uh consumers for customers beware because you will be spending money that people will look at you like what Mm. why why'd you do that why'd you yeah yeah you've never bought this before you don't even know the origin what why, what significance does this have in your life? What? Like, mm. yeah, so, I don't, I don't know why we talked about this. I just felt like I needed to talk about it because I just got the notification that the Wu-Tang got delivered. Like, it got shipped. <laughs> gotta air it out. Listen, gotta air it out. Did, did you download the app yet? I did it. No, I did it. That, that time when we talked about it on the after shows on the site, you know, browsing around and all that. But no, you have to get the no, app. I did the, the, the site doesn't know. Just, I went on the site. Huh. Trying not the to other get sucked, you know, and then next thing I know. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, just I'm experience it for. My for own story. No, yeah. experience it for like I'm, three days. I'm get it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, right no. Now. Three days. You can de- delete it afterwards. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I just want you yeah. To, yeah. to experience it for three days. So that uh, on one of our YouTube lives, slight plug, Tuesdays Hello. at 8p, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, you could tell me what you've experienced and if you got caught up. 
Yeah, no, I just got it right now. Boom. Yay! All right, let's get let's get into the real stuff because I can talk about this all day because clearly I have a problem. Um, but wait, side note: if there's any toy makers, because all this money that I'm spending on toys, I probably need to create one. If there's any toy makers, True. or you know how to do it, like or somebody who can do it. Please uh, DM me on Instagram or hit me up on threads or email me, Nikki at Deeper Than the Brand. Please, because as much as I'm really spending and I have a puppy, it's not really recommended that I have toys and collectibles because he gnaws on them. Rest in peace to cause. But, anyways, you're not there. Let's get into the creator of the week. Actually, Moose, you should introduce the creator of the week. Yeah, man, I was, uh, you know, minding my business, just hanging out on social. And I see a really funny, yet very well put together uh, skit of one of our favorites, uh, the one and only E.T., the hip hop preacher, but not done by him of course a reenactment i guess you, is that a word a reenactment yeah that was right of, uh, Come on. okay good so uh, a reenactment of his speech the ulu speech but with another face over it so that was one thing that ca- caught my attention but i also really like this new journey that he's launching where he is literally taking away all of the flashy lifestyle things that would typically be relied on to market yourself as an entrepreneur. And he's starting from scratch. So this person, you all might have known, you might know him, you might not, but I'm, I'm sure I, you, you're going to find out about him pretty soon. But phenomenal person, man. I, I guess we can cue the clip first and, uh, and, and tell you more about him. Yeah, you. The team and I, we're about to do something crazy. We're selling all the cars, the jury, and we're starting literally from ground zero. That's right, Billy, gone. <laughs> G-Wagon, gone. Just a lot of hustle, a lot of grind, and a whole lot of fun. So I'm trying to think, what are some ideas that we can have to do something differently than everybody's saying right now? I ain't never seen nobody dumb down their lifestyle and show up from the bottom to the top. What's going on, superstars? This is Justin Owens. Listen, I'm excited. The summer sale is here, and I'm excited. Hold on, my brother. I ain't trying to be funny, but man, you sound like everybody else. Man, it's easy. Everybody just like showing this lifestyle. It's easy when you got the car. It's easy when you got the jury. Easy when you got all this little stuff, and you can lure people like me. It's understanding that where you are is not who you are, right? That the things that you have is not what creates what you have in the future. It's what you decide and what you set. And so. I'm excited for this journey. The guy said, man, you going from a G-Wagon to an Accord, you okay? I said, I don't know. <laughs> nah, but for real, you know what he said, though? He said, man, I like the idea you're going with, because I never seen nobody do that. And I, everybody just start, always starting at, like, the middle or the top. So, you know, we about to do it, y'all. Come on. Fire. Fire. Make Honda's, uh... Uh, trendy again. Come on. For real. For real. Nah. <laughs> so definitely, man. Creator of the week, Justin Owen. How to shout him out. I love the the creative. I love the the comedy and and even acting that is infused all of into all of this and really taking people behind the scenes on this new entrepreneurship journey. So yeah, man. Creator of the week, Justin Owens. Make sure y'all check him out. Shout out to J.O. We love J.O. over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have an extremely good uh, segment where, one, it's from one of my favorite authors, right? Daniel Priestley. been talking about him for a while. And it got me excited when Moose started to bring him up. So, oh, we're here now. We're here now. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we're talking about personal brand, and we're talking about the monetization side. This dude understands how to really make money and really place yourself as an authority figure in this personal brand, uh, like, sector, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. And so we found several clips 
that is going to help you to go from an idea to figure out what your market and what your niche is going to be, to figuring out your audience, to as well as figuring out how to product yourself. Everything, like the whole system within this segment. I'm super excited. So the first one, let's talk about the ideas. Like you may have some really, really dope ideas as far as whether it is starting a business, whether it is, uh, you know, creating some content, new products. And this is what he has to say about it. So there's this thing called proximity bias. Proximity bias is when you're too close to something to see its true value. So proximity bias is where your ideas are commonplace for you, your business is commonplace for you. Just to finish today on this idea that maybe you're sitting on a $45,000 Rolex that you just take for granted. Maybe there's an idea that you've got. Maybe there's a story. Maybe there's this tiny little piece of intellectual property. Maybe there's this little spark of creativity and you've been toying with an idea for a while. And maybe for you, you're seeing this thing as a 350 pound thing and actually it's a 40,000 pound thing. And maybe you've got a little bit of proximity bias. I wanna plant that seed that maybe the most incredible value that you've got to share with the world is actually something that's right on you right now. Let me tell you, I have been, uh, clearly, I'm just a victim this whole episode. This is just a victim of everything. I've been a victim of exactly what he said in kind of both ways, right? In a positive way and a negative way, right? Positive mm. way of where I almost downplayed an idea. Like, uh, it's, not, it's not really worth it. It's not worth our time. We're not going to do it, right? Um to where when I started talking to other people, they're like, yo, that's fire. When are you going to do this? Right? Mm -hmm. But I've also been uh, a victim of that I'm too close to it, that I don't see the problems. Mm. Right? The problems or the opportunity? Both. Mm -hmm. So I'm, there are times, because I'm a very confident human being, to where I'm like, yo, this is this is working. This is great. It just needs a little bit more time. Boom, boom, boom. To where it's like, yo, you're not, you're not seeing the gaps because you're too close to it. To where even like with Deeper Than The Brand, I had to bring in uh, outside people because I was too close. Right? And I yeah. also assumed that the people that I had start with were too close. So that I was like, yo, What's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on this? Like, okay, this is cool. The mission, the vision is cool. But this could probably change a bit. This could probably, you probably should go this route. So, but because I'm too close, that, that's what I said from, from a, I wouldn't say a negative side, but from not a such a positive side, right? Um, I've been, I've been too close to things, but really there has been some, ideas that I realized that I sat on, period, just sat on. And when I expressed it later, it was like, yo, go do that. Go like, or even some content that I put out that I didn't think was that dope. And I think we've all been in that situation where we put out something uh, that's not really going to hit and it blows up where we don't find something valuable from our point of view, from something that we wrote down really quick, a recap, and we're like, ah, oh, we're just gonna put this out, and it blows. Because we assume what people want, but we are not them. And so, like, that one, that one hit a lot, because I'm like, oh. But I gotta, I gotta be honest with myself, with, are you too close to it? And I think I asked that a little bit more in this year of mm -hmm. the things, the different projects that I'd be going through. Am I too close to it or am I overthinking? Like, cause I, I have that tendency yeah. to, I, I overthink a lot and it sucks, but I'm still working on it. It's, it's a, I'm a work in progress, but yeah, that's, I like this one. Love that clip. Yeah. That's a clip. Now, the next one is going to really help those who are trying to figure out 
what market, what niche they can do in order to sell? First, you make your market, then you make your sales. This is a really important principle. Rather than going out and trying to sell stuff and shouting at people and saying, would you like to buy this thing that I've got? We don't want to do that. What we want to do instead is collect signals first and then sales. Glastonbury are the best at doing this. They do not let you buy a ticket to Glastonbury. All you're allowed to do is register your interest in going to Glastonbury. 700,000 people register their interest and there's only 130,000 tickets available. So what they do is they oversubscribe, oversubscribe, oversubscribe with those soft signals of interest. And then at the very last minute, they tell you, now is the moment, three or four o'clock in the morning, you can buy your ticket and they typically sell out in about half an hour. So it's incredible how fast they do this. The best entrepreneurs in the world are very, very good at signal collecting rather than selling. Now, sim similar to you, this has been my big learning moment or learned lesson this year, right? It was realizing for especially, and you know what? This is going to be especially helpful for people who don't like sales. For those of you who dislike selling, this is the, the key adjustment that you need to make because I realize sales is hard to do when you're trying to get people to buy something they don't want. But you know what's easy to do when you are providing something to people that they already have interest in, right? It's just packaged in your expertise and your method of delivery and whatever the case may be, right? So that's, that's the big thing that I realized. So a lot of that, what, what I focus on now is Rather than just collecting signals, I really collect data. I'm looking to learn what would you want? Like you as the customer, you as the consumer or the client, what do you care for? What would solve, what do you feel would solve your problem? How would you like to see it done? Now, I'll make some adjustments to that. I'm not just going to take the customer's request and package that up and sell it right back to them. I don't think that has a lot of, uh, what's the word? Like you're not being... Uh, ethical, right? It's, it's not ethical to do that. But there's a lot of times I'll collect data and I say, you know what, similar to what you said on the last clip, this is a gap that we're not seeing because we're too close to it. We're paying attention to something else. We're just overlooking it. But this data here makes sense. Now, who else is, is feeling this, right? Because you don't want to just have a very small sample size and adjust your whole business model to run in that direction. But it just so happens that this is the only person who has this complaint or this challenge. So who else is feeling this? And that's usually my step two is to look, okay, how, how large of a, of a gap is this? Is there more people who are falling victim to the same issue? And if that's the case, we start adding our spin to it to say, all right, how would we solve this based on you know, the stance or the, the position that we're in to help people cover that gap? And can I be honest with you, selling or turning revenue, monetizing the brand has been in much easier doing it that way than trying to force something into someone's hand and say, hey, buy this. You must buy this. You got to buy this. Hey, did you buy it? You sure? You don't want to buy it? It's like, don't do that. Just look for what they want and sell them what they want. That's the best way to get a sale for sure. You know what uh, this reminds me of? Uh, Jabari. Yeah. Jabari does this with R&B only live. So uh, shout out to Jabari who gave us this tip back then. So this next tip has everything to do about what type of audience you should pick and which one is going to bring you the best ROI. When it comes to any problem in the world, there are people who throw their time at the problem in order to solve it. And there are people who've got loads of money and they want to throw money at the problem to solve it. And if you want to run a great business, you need to talk to people who've got money to throw at the problem. Just start by thinking, who has the highest return on investment? Is a Ferrari an expensive car? Yes. <laughs> depends who's asking. It depends okay. who's looking at it. Sure. So, to an average income earning person, a Ferrari is a very expensive car. To a billionaire, it's just a toy. It's no big deal. Um, to an influencer who makes their money influencing young men, and that's their, like, it's just their marketing budget, right? Yep. It's just part of marketing. Um, to someone who owns a luxury car company uh, that rents the Ferrari out, it's CapEx. It's just a capital expense. So a Ferrari may or may not be an expensive car depending on who's buying it. Let me tell you, 
from a person who loves to uh, cater to the people and create uh, products and services for every step of the way, the least amount of issues you are going to have is when you cater and target those who have money. And it sounds bad to the old me, right? What? But to be honest with you, they are the ones that understand their problems more and just needs a solution. And you have the solution to where for others, you're going to have to educate. You're going to have to hit certain trigger words to uh, build them up to be your ideal client to where if you already say, look, I am going for a corporate who doesn't understand social media and they need content and this is going to be an easy 10 to 20K a month, right? They're barely going to complain. They're expecting results, but they are not going to give you so much hassle and customer service situations like maybe a $20 product, right? Now, I love what he said as far as, you know, we need to stop pretty much in, in, uh, in I'll say in our culture, stop counting pockets, right? I love his example as far as the Ferrari to some that would be extremely expensive. For others, it's not really. It's either an expense or it's just a toy that, you know, Nikki buys on network. But this is my toy that I buy at dealerships. You feel me? So we need to not count people's pockets or discredit who would actually buy our products and services based off the uh, price. Because there's going to be somebody who is going to find value in it and honestly need it. Uh, for let's say, let's say for my speakers, even breaking it down into more of a, a service instead of just a product, right? For my speakers, or those people who are interested into it, you may have a set price. And some will uh, more will say no to your price, period, that you even have a price to speak then some will say yes. But those people who will say yes will pay for the flights, will pay for the, the, the hotel, will make sure transportation is there, will make sure if you have any drinks or, or food requirements that you may need, will probably take care of the footage because they paid the price that you asked for because they understood the value, right? Where others... They're going to negotiate on the price. And for the negotiation, you're still going to have to talk to uh, four other uh, groups. You're going to have to come back and do a follow-up. You're going right. to maybe do a separate call with the main person just to keep the relationship for a negotiated price. Not even the price that you asked. Negotiated price. So... Pick your audience correctly, and we all make mistakes. I've made minds, and there's in my head to where I'm now segmenting from the, pe the person who wants to love on the people and cater to the people, and then there is a segment of me that understands that business is business. And so I cater to a select group of people that is only a certain type of elite status and I'm okay with that to work with me you have to have certain type of requirements and there's a certain kind of budget that's perfectly fine but I do because of who I am do have the 37 the 97 the 100 a month situations I have that journey and I still feel fulfilled with that until I won't. And when I don't, 
I'll stop it. So that's that. And then we went from idea to market to audience. Now we got to talk about this product ecosystem. What type of products do we need to have as personal brands? Product categories is the first one is called a gift, something you can give away for free, asking nothing in returns, no, no strings attached. Uh, so then the next product is something called a product for prospects. A product for prospects is an easy way to engage. It's a first thing that people can do. It could be an introduction workshop like my first business was all about. It could be an online diagnostic or an online scorecard or a test. From a business point of view, you want something that scales pretty easily and doesn't take up a lot of time. After the product for prospects, you've got your core offering. This is the, the main thing that you do. It could be a service, it could be a product, it could be an offer, it could be a productized service. And then the final product is called a product for clients. And this is something where you take people on an extended journey. You go on a long journey with them. You, you really look after them for years at a time. And it's different to the core product. So BMW has cars as its core product, but it has finance and insurance as its product for clients. I love this part so much. You have no idea. I played it back at least three times when I heard it in the interview because we have had multiple discussions around building a product ecosystem. And of course, the easiest example that we've gone to plenty of times is Apple. And we say, think about how they have physical products and they have the software and then the cloud base and they have all of these different services that once you enter the Apple ecosystem, it becomes very difficult to leave for many different reasons because the products are great because it's convenient, because your friends are on there, they have an essence of, or a sense of community there that goes along with it as well. And so we were dabbling with the idea of converting that same concept for brands. And when I heard him break it down that way, it made perfect sense, right? I mean, some people will say that's similar to a standard funnel, but if you listen to that interview, I don't know if you caught that part where he says, I don't like the idea of calling my audience or the people that I want to serve, uh, or I don't like the idea of putting them into a funnel, right? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even sound good, right? So I, I like his, his thought process on it, but that's a very easy way to think about how do I attract attention or introduce myself to a wide audience? Well, what way, what better way to do that than to uh, introduce yourself with a free gift, right? Think about going to someone's house for the first time. It's always nice to walk in when you have something in your hand. It's like a home welcoming gift, if you will. Now I think about that. Now, where people get confused sometimes is they say, well, if I have a niche audience, I don't need, I, I'm, I'm already focused. No, you still have to, you're still introducing yourself to a wide array of people in that niche audience. And so what better way to introduce yourself than with a well-packaged gift? And you're then introducing them to the next thing that you do, or you're letting them learn a little bit more about you through that product that is for prospects. Even here, you're still not really selling anything. It's just a nice way to exchange value, but really let them know more about you. Because as we, we've heard people say, people don't like to really listen or sit and listen to somebody else talk about themselves. They want to see what's in it for them. And that's the essence of what that product is. It's that webinar. It's that masterclass that is delivering value to the audience that you potentially want to serve. But at the same time, you might showcase some of your product results or client testimonials and showcase a little bit about your process and what you do so that they might say, okay, I like this person. I know them. I am interested in what they have to do. They seem pretty, you know, like a stand-up person and credible in the space then once you put the offer out there, they have already spent enough time getting to know you that they're more likely to at least consider the offer. And if they don't right now, they'll at least consider it when they're really ready to make a decision or a purchase decision to solve that core problem. So just that trans, that, 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 that ascension to get to that point, I thought was genius. Then when he broke down the fact that BMW has bigger profit share selling their insurance products than they do on cars. I was just like, that's brilliant. That's I love it. But yeah, but, but the, the thing that he said at the end of that, which made a lot of sense was like, hey, this is why you can't just data crunch your way in the business because 
if you were to use a, a typical business approach in that scenario, you would say, well, it doesn't make sense for us to sell cars anymore. Let's just cut that out. It's like, no, the only reason why you have the opportunity to sell the finance product is because you sell cars. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool what, the way he broke that down. So fire, fire. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you were taking notes. This literally gives you the whole system to creating a product for your brand. So uh, shout out to Daniel Priestley. His book, Oversubscribe, is one of my favorite. Uh, what is it? The key person of influence is key another fire, is another fire one. All his books are really dope. Go check that out. We'll probably have it in the show notes and in the description. Uh, shout out to Ali Abdal and Chris Doe for the interview ones, the clips that we use. But uh yeah, go check out the rest of those interviews. Now, uh, let's get to the question of the week, which this segment is sponsored by, of course, the Flight Assessment, flightassessment.com. Uh, discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need. To fulfill your highest potential, head over to flightassessment.com. And of course, this question comes from Deeper Than the Brand. Again, this is a really good one. And I think you may like this. During the holiday season, okay, we have uh, Black Friday. We have Cyber Monday. We have small business. We have the countdown to Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, uh, everything. I mean, Kwanzaa. Everything. What is more important during this time for a brand or business? Brand awareness or sales? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I didn't tell him this be- I mean- before. I normally try to. Yeah, this is just on the spot. I, I yes. meant to, I, I thought about it halfway through the show. I said, oh, shoot, ask. I didn't even ask about question of the, yeah. Uh, man, I, I got to say that 90% of the people, if not more, are going to focus on sales during that time period, quite honestly. Okay. Um, that that that's, that's a big push for people in the holiday season. As if you think about it from a physical goods standpoint, you're trying to unload all of your inventory and really maximize. Um, maybe, maybe though, as as I think about it, it could be a little bit different for some of the online brands or personal brands because you really don't have physical goods, right? It's not like you have something, with the exception of merch yep. and some select seating at a workshop or an event. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with sales on this one. I would say that that's where. Hold on, sorry. I always do this when it comes to these questions. Yep, I, I just you're gonna, you're gonna modify bit. it in the way I, that you I want just, to. Go ahead. I said, I said I just, the question. I, just, I said the question. You I go ahead, co- rebel. No, I just want to confirm. Is is this uh, <laughs> what what do people focus on, or what should? Uh, I said should. I said should. Should okay, cool. Should. Uh, yeah, you went hmm. for the people. I, I heard you. You yeah, went for I, the people. I was, people I was normally. Trying. I was trying. I was trying to save it, but no, I, I, I understood what do people do, but should, I still have to go with sales on this one. Honestly, I still mm. have to go with sales, but let, let me tell you why sales, because you actually have an opportunity to in, check off the box on the brand awareness. If you truly make your products more accessible, mm. it is a brand awareness move, right? Mm. Because if if the if the name of the game is just to simply have people know about you and what you do, and if the biggest barrier to entry is price, and you utilize a holiday season or promotion similar to that one to reduce that barrier to entry, similar to what you said when it comes to network, right? The idea of using a twenty three thousand dollar item to give you the illusion. It's not even that you're. You're going to get that for a dollar, but the illusion that, hey, it's just a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Now, bare minimum, you, I also now have the app. And I'm sure people who are listening to 
whether listening oh, yeah, or seeing, to, seeing this, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're they going to download it. So it worked. The sale does drive brand awareness when you're reducing the barrier to entry is, okay. is how I see it. Okay. Um, so I'm obviously going to say brand awareness. Reason why. Uh, in this season, everybody's going to sell. So you're instantly going to a place of competition, right? Where if we look at brand awareness, how can I stand out? That doesn't mean necessarily we can't sell in the back end, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that we won't sell anything. But if we was to concentrate on how to stand out, how to be in front of the people during such a noisy uh, season, where everybody left and right is trying to give me a deal about this and give me a that and whatever. Like you are the only one that's actually giving me some type of value. What do you got going on? And it allows you to not have to sell on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever else day. You can sell whenever you want to because you're already having the attention of the people. So... I'm, I'm saying, because when you do sales first, it's hard to do the brand awareness second. Because the second that I'm going on social media, YouTube, whatever, and I see, hey, got a new hat. The hat is about 30% off. You're like, I'm not, I'm not here for this. Like, I get it. So, Granted, there are going to be some days we are here for this. Black Friday, I'm ready for some deals. Absolutely. I'm not necessarily here for the value. I'm here for the sale. Absolutely. But what if you're not in a position to give a sale? What? Like to sell a product? Like, well, Black Friday, you're almost expecting uh, deals. Right? You're... It, Unless you have a very strong brand, super strong, it's hard to just say, Black Friday, I'm coming out with a new pro program. I'm coming out with a new uh, product. Nothing else. You're not getting it on sale. You're not getting it. it you have to have a solid core audience. Not saying it's impossible. Not saying it is. But instantly, even some of your core people are going to be like, well, let me go with the deals first. And if I have money left over, I'm going to go back to this. So the, the deals on particular days actually takes, uh, are a little bit more important than necessarily the new stuff. You know? So, and I'm just saying on particular days. Now, after Cyber Monday, I get it how I live, like... I got I got to figure out what I'm getting for Christmas or how I'm prepping for New Year because you know I'm instantly now like oh my god we are only a few days away from the next year I need to prepare myself I need that, but I can't worry about this in January let me get all different programs or for my business owners let me spend all I can on education and all these different uh items for my business because it'll be a tax write off shout out to y'all yeah. I'm not even thinking about that like that anymore because I'm traumatized. But shout out to y'all. So for me, I think it's how do we uh, stand out in this noisy season to then be able to sell at any moment that you want. So that's that's my answer. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What what are you what are you thinking? about four deeper than the brand are you doing uh anything on that side uh, yeah i think we have we have from certain a brand bundles. Awareness standpoint? um okay no we have we, we're going for for deeper than the brand so i have two ways i have nikki and then i have deeper than the brand right so mm -hmm. nikki is going on the brand awareness side because uh deeper than the brand is going on a sales side so since i Got am it. the face I could stand out in order to bring 
traffic to deeper than the brand. So they'll concentrate on the ads and that whole nine. We're great. My job is to bring the brand awareness and to do all the things to get the brand out there. So you lo you love me, you rock with me. You'll go into deeper than the brand and go with what what they're offering. So makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. That's dope. I like that. So people, listen. Uh, I was so excited about this episode that there's this clip that we definitely got to talk about on the after show. So go check out the after show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, get you an iPad, an old iPhone, get you a Mac, whatever you need to do to get there. Uh, please join us on YouTube every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern for our live show. It's a vibe. Follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, Moose, do you have anything coming up? Do you have anything? No, no, no. We are smooth sailing through the end of the year and already prepping for 2024. So, yeah, just, just focused on getting ready. Hey, and then... Join Deeper Than The Brand, deeperthanthebrand.com, however you want to go about it. But Moose, final words. Yeah, in light of talking about suits and controlling your emotions, I want to say, especially to people who are very in tune with their emotions, that sometimes it's less about controlling your emotions and more about not letting your emotions control you. Because that's when most people take action or make decisions that they later regret. It's when you let your emotions control you. 